There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh! It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken, Mm. pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay! With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina chicken menu at Taco Bell. My grandma and your grandma were sitting by the fire. My grandma told your grandma, I'm gonna set your flag on fire. You're talking about henna, henna, henna. Ico, Ico, Ande. Giacomo, Fino, Anane. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. Ooh, I am very excited about I'm this I'm so week. excited for this week. This is, we are recording on a Friday night, honey. And I would, <laughs> I would, I would rather not be anywhere else. Does that, does that make sense? I would rather not be anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the only place I'd want to be. Uh, forewarning. Here with you. <laughs> here with you. Forewarning, I've had such a hard time uh, stringing together sentences, uh, coherent sentences today. Lately or today? Today, specifically, I was at work, and then I, I went into a meeting, and then I froze at least, within the span of 20 minutes, at least 18 times. I have a canker sore under my tongue. I have a cold sore. You do? Right here. See it? It's not visible. Oh, wait. Yes, and now I see it. Clock the cold sore. So, <laughs> I clocked the cold sore. Noted. I was in the middle of a sentence, like, yesterday, and I found out that I was... I heard myself talking and it was like, and I was like, this is not work. Where were you? I was in the middle of a sentence. Oh, that was my location. Um, you guys, this guy, this is such, this is such a good episode and you guys are in for it, honey, honey, because we not only are going to be talking all about RuPaul's Drag Race All All Stars Stars 2, which I can't believe we haven't talked about yet. I know. But it's been a little bit of a while since our last episode. Yeah. And, it's such a good season, and we have truly an amazing guest to speak about this. Um, a lovely friend yes. who we came up with through Story Pirates. Yes, we all were in Story Pirates together. Um, 
She's a contributor to GQ. Contributor to GQ, the host of Mouth Time. It's a podcast on Reductress. She's the associate editor of Reductress, one of the funniest satire um, of per- satire periodicals. On <laughs> was that? Would that be the word? Periodical. Sure. Reductress is amazing. She's also a writer for the UCB mod team, Pretty Boys. She's on the current uh, Lloyd team, The Nightmare. The Nightmare. You got to check out her everywhere, all around New York and all over across the internet. It's Nicole Silverberg. Nicole. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. We're so it's, happy. I don't have any chill. I'm very happy to be here. It's a moment in time. I mean, We've actually been trying to moment. get Nicole a long time. I was going to say, like an inside look into, you know... Las Culturistas, as you yeah. guys tend to record on Tuesdays. Yes. And I have a recurring Tuesday conflict of yes. a rehearsal. And it, and every time I get the text of like, are you free? Yeah. It just, it kills me to not be free. So it burns. But and here and we are. And below and, and behold, here we are on a Friday night and all of us just have gaping holes in our schedule. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Huge holes. And we're here now. Nicole, the way we start out the episodes mm-hmm. is oh, we have to we have to dig in here and we have to talk about the culture that shaped Nicole Silverberg. When did Nicole Silverberg decide culture was for her? When was culture for you? Yeah. I guess I've just always been, you know, kind of mildly aware of culture, <laughs> yes. even if I didn't know exactly what it was. Yes. Um, you know, grew up with movies. Mm-hmm. That's unique. Yeah, yes. that, yeah, and and uh, I don't know. I'm from Arizona, so I don't know if this is true for other people. But for me, at least, there was a lot of music in my house. Oh, okay. yes, yeah. Yeah. lots of music, lots of music. My my parents are both musical, the but and and like love music. Yes. Yeah. Um. Though you know, my dad runs a family business, and my mom's an accountant. Um. So so music isn't necessarily a part of their occupation, sure. but they're they love music. So. I guess probably music would be my like music was the first thing I felt like an expert on so culture wise. This is a question I have because I find that this helps define a person. Yes. Sure. Who is your dad's favorite musical artist and who is your mom's favorite musical artist? And this is very telling. Do they have a favorite musical artist? I mean, they they love music and they listen to so much. I think it's very hard to choose just mm-hmm. one. But I think my mom has seen Tom Petty in concert maybe six times. That is Not a bad. good, that's a good mom artist. That's a good mom artist. And like, I mean, and, and they love, they love so much. But yeah. if I, but I, I, my mom is a huge Tom Petty fan. And then uh-huh. my dad, I mean, I think I would just have to say the Beatles for my dad. Yeah. But I mean, you know, a lot of like, a lot of classics, like, Bruce Springsteen, mm-hmm, Simon and Garfunkel, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Carol King, James Taylor. You know, that was that was kind of the the soundtrack of my childhood. Wow. Look, now Nicole Silverberg though famously did a, an entire show as Meat Loaf. I did. I did. Okay, See, so, and I couldn't believe you didn't just say Meat Loaf. Okay, so my 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 parents <laughs> do both love Meat Loaf and my yeah. dad in particular had the Meat Loaf album Bad Out of Hell which yes. I you know sang selections off of for my show last year. Yes. Um in his car and my dad would often drive me to school on his way driving to work so a lot of a lot of music on the way to work, mm-hmm. um, and that meat, just ingrained. And meatloaf was a, was definitely a recurring star. Although my drive to school was shorter than any <laughs> one song on that album. So but you yes, got about I love meatloaf halfway through like one track on Bad Out of Hell. But uh, okay, it was so, a daily ritual where you would listen to Bad yes. Out of Hell. Yeah, and my dad was always really like. I've babysat before and, you know, kids just get obsessed with songs. They want to hear it over and over and over yes. again. You get mm-hmm. kind of frustrated. And I think when it's your own kid, you have a little bit more leeway to be like, 
not right now. How about we listen to something else? Mm-hmm. But my dad would let me like obsessively play things over and over and over again. I think when I was in seventh grade, I became obsessed with the song Your Smiling Face by James Taylor, which is like the cheesiest song. And we would listen to it on repeat oh. for like 15 minutes every morning at least i mean depending on traffic could be more like for months it was just like whenever i see your smiling face for on loop okay but not the worst song selection for no, a seventh grade no no, no, no no not bad at all I could was, be way worse could be jimmy buffett which was mine well, i was like i was like a low-key music snob yeah. like when i was in eighth grade i went on an international choir tour <gasps> to England, Scotland, and Wales with the two-song girls chorus, of which I was a part for nine years. Wow. Wow. This is... I didn't know this. Culture. Big, big choir geek. And we went on like a Beatles tour. And I remember thinking that everyone else wasn't a true fan of the Beatles. Like I thought... (laughs) Isn't that what everyone thinks? Because none none of my girlfriends were like into oldies they all loved like michelle branch right right which i like didn't i i was so jealous of michelle branch that i didn't like her if that makes any sense i just was like i would like to be michelle branch yeah what about you makes you able to do this i mean she could play the guitar which i definitely couldn't do but we're it's a fine it's fine (laughs) but but like for that reason i was just like you guys don't actually love the beatles i love the beatles because i would like wear an oversized abbey road t-shirt for like three years Anyway, so yeah, that's my that's my journey with culture. That's yeah. culture. That's you a know, culture journey. St- Mich- Michelle Branch. Somebody came into the Story Pirates auditions yesterday oh, and sang wow. Michelle Branch, and then somebody came in later and sang Michelle Branch again. Can that's not Michelle you? Branch got got represented twice yesterday that's at these auditions. Me- I've, uh, so so the people who just graduated from college were the last people who I overlapped with when I was an undergrad mm-hmm. so they, they were freshmen when I was seniors and a couple of them reached out to me about story pirate auditions and they were like what's your advice I was just like don't sing Disney or a musical theater yeah. song that's like my advice so That'll you know what you. Michelle Branch <laughs> like it works and point out we, we remembered them can yes. I point out something some I was talking to someone about this and they brought up the fact that today's high school students will listen to Panic at the Disco oh. as like an Throwback. old band. Like the way that we might have listened to Weezer, I guess, in high school. Yeah. But isn't that crazy? That's horrid. But do you think that they actually are listening to Panic at the Disco? I think they're Is listening that a dumb to, question? I think they are. I think like kids these days are loving like um, I write since not tragedies. They're like, this is the best song ever. Like, this is what they used to listen to ten years ago. Was it Panic at the Disco that kind of had like a comeback recently? Yeah, I think they, they, did, they put out right? an album last year. And, like, they did. Yeah, and like Blink One Eighty Two and Good Charlotte are putting out new stuff. I have to say that Good is one thing, that, and Good Charlotte too. That is one trend that I am so happy. I said even at the time like. This, this is, is not dumb. good. Like was, the good Charlotte Panic at the Disco thing, I was, nope. I think I liked the hits by good Charlotte. I never liked Panic at the Disco, and I really didn't like Fall Out Boy. No, oh, I hated Fall Out Boy. Uh, brand some... new, I hated it. Oh, see, okay, I, I liked I like brand, brand new. new. Guys, no way. <laughs> I saw brand new in concert. I saw them at Madison Square Garden, and da- they opened up for Dashboard Confessional, who I love. <gasps> I love Dashboard. I did not hear of them until college. Well, oh, okay. excellent. See, they yeah. were big for me in high school, and then, in college they continue to be big like 
what's the a mark of mission a brand of scar yeah yeah yeah. Oh, that is a, a really album. good album and it's so weepy and, and like twee and just, like sad just, yeah the most but so good. I, overwrought I, think I thought that death cab for cutie and dashboard confessional i think in my mind growing when i was in high school i thought they were the same band but it's a, that Fair. But it turns out it's death cab and postal service that were basically yes the same band. and and i also now have since listened to dashboard confessional and they don't sound like death cab for cutie really no, but no. but i think it was just something in the name that they're adjacent they were the to each other. Maybe Such great heights, too. They Such were. great heights. heights. Postal, postal service. Postal service. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you just said that. Um, oh, wait. Can I say some one thing about Michelle Branch real quick? Oh, I know. oh please. please. Let's, let's discuss Michelle Branch. It seems like we have two Michelle Branch haters at the table. No, no, no. Okay, Not no. a hater, but... but Acknowledging the fact that she's perfectly sure. average, which honestly is like a wonderful thing sometimes. What was your song with that. Santana? Oh, uh, oh, all game of love. All in the game of love. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, just I hated her that. debut <laughs> album, The Spirit Room. You guys, I is was obsessed with this. Two thousand one, two thousand two, maybe circa. Um, I just had fantasies about her showing up at my middle school and playing <laughs> a pop up She used to do that. And then ha- her inviting me up on stage so that we could do a duet of um, All You Wanted. Want oh, my God. To be like you. That was the song they that's, sang Okay, yesterday. that song is good. Yeah. She ends, she, good. Just listen to her stuff again. She ends every single word, syllable with uh. Yep. That's it. Matt called it. Everything. Yeah. yeah. She was giving that pop affectation. She came out at the same time as my mortal enemy, <laughs> Avril Lavigne. And I loved Avril Lavigne, and I, I loved, loved her beyond it's been the first so album. so nice I- having Nicole on the show. <laughs> um, you can't br- get rid of me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, honey. Avril Lavigne is a fighter, and I take that from her. Okay. Oh. Can I tell you? I did like... Um, Girlfriend? Whatever. Hey, hey, you. Yeah, that's. A, I it did not fine. really like that song. I liked her moody stuff because I was going, you know, because I I was a pre preteen, yes. and I and I just like needed that type of thing. I was embarrassed by her public behavior, like the wearing yeah. the tie and stuff like that. Like I I didn't think that was cool. I didn't I didn't like idolize her, sure. but her music was good. Was like an emotional necessity for me I in agree. my in my. Her second album and your tweens. Do you remember? Yeah, that song was good. Also, when I first heard "I'm with You," happy ending, right? Yeah, so much for my happy ending. That was. I'm thinking about a different one from her first album, but that song was so good. And also, the better song on that album, I think, is I can't remember what one's um, called, but like the eighth track on that album, I loved because you know it was a CD. Well, when I first heard "I'm with You," I knew it was Avril Lavigne, and we hadn't heard her sing like that up until that point. And when she started hitting her high notes at the end, I was like. Fuck. Right. Really she's, good. Actually she's actually good. good. And That's, I'm so mad. I remember having that feeling about Katy Perry. I didn't I really didn't like Katy Perry when she first came out when I was like in yeah, high school. No. And then when I realized she actually could sing though, I was like, Ugh, damn it. Have like, you watched? She, oh, yes, no, I mean she Her MTV Unplugged set. MTV Unplugged. That's yeah. what I was Phenomenal. gonna say. She's not like like I think that Taylor Swift has gotten better at singing over the course of her career. She got better microphones that correct her pitch. I'll tell you that. That's Ooh. definitely. But Technology's I think she, gotten better. But I think she just like sounds generally just sounds better, more like, confident. Yeah, yeah, and 
Katie, and that's, so when Taylor Swift first, like, started becoming popular, I was like, yawn, no thank you. Yep. Uh-huh. And I felt the same way about Katy Perry. Less yawn, more just, like, eye roll. Yeah, exactly. Right, like, right, I hated right. I Kissed a Girl. I just thought, like, so what? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that had One Hit Wonder written all over I know. it. Sure. But, okay, but did, okay, so, so, you know, some modern culture. Did you guys see the recent video of... Um, Katy Perry on Ellen DeGeneres. No, what she okay, do? She, the Orlando Survivor, yeah. right? So she's oh. okay. So so two things. Well, I guess three things. First of all, Katy Perry like believe believes in like aliens and mermaids and all this stuff, and she's like <laughs> yeah, very. Yeah. She there are like lots of quotes from her in interviews where she reveals herself to be a weirdo, but you don't actually hear her saying it. So you, so you kind of can interpret it however you want. That's yeah. the first thing. <laughs> the second thing is is I have like a full-on fetish for Ellen DeGeneres giving money to people Mm -hmm. like I've seen maybe every single video and the weird thing is I don't really like her show and I hate how she talks to kids I think find it really upsetting like I think she thinks kids are dumb and I think she talks to kids like they're dumb and that is always something that bothers me when anyone does it Mm -hmm. but like and she even is like low key very low key like smug when she gives money to people because she just she knows the power she has and she i think she has a good heart and i think she's a good person but it's like i'm not she's smug she's smug like straight up to anybody but she's so self-righteous but with those two things put together katie perry so so there's someone who survived the orlando (laughs) shootings Mm -hmm. and the song rise by katie perry i guess just like got him through it like time in the hospital and stuff and so she brought katie perry onto the show to surprise him and Uh i mean but everyone's weeping it was really touching and then and then katie perry says that she will pay for this guy's first year college because he wants to go to film school so it's all very moving but (laughs) oh my god (laughs) the turn here katie perry is insane like she just of course she goes she goes you're a light we're all lights like and she just means it, and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's well, crazy uh, hearing she words She was like married that. to Russell Brand. I have a Katy Perry story. Oh, my God. Tell it. So in April, uh, my friend Jay Malski, our friend on Jay Malski oh, yeah, and Jay. I, mm-hmm. yes, hello, Jay. Um, both went to this Hillary fundraiser concert. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I got two free tickets, but meanwhile, we went, I, we went, and it was all rich Democrats, and I felt really gross. But we're sitting there, and then Katy Perry's the headlining act, so Hillary goes up to speak, it's, and, she, and she says a couple words, and it's nice. And then Katy Perry goes up, and she has this huge set, um, and it's just beautiful, like, gay magic shit. And then at one point, Katy Perry, like, has to, like, because so, the whole night is, has been speeches mm-hmm. from, like, her campaign staff. And Bill gave a speech and was amazing, and Chelsea gave a speech. Julianne Moore gave a speech. Bless. Bless. And then Katy Perry just, I guess, has to, like, <laughs> keep the, the pattern going. And she has this break in her set where she just talks to us, to everybody in Radio City, and she's like... She just does not know how to how to how to talk about politics. No. Straight no. up, she's like, "Don't you want someone who has the blueprints for the house?" <laughs> so that you have Katy Perry, by the way. Speaking so you have bay windows. <laughs> so you got it. You got to put. You got to know where to put the windows if you want the view. And she just made. I'm even. I, this is being very generous. My impression is being very generous. She was incoherent. Could not speak about oh fucking they probably picked up on that because when she was at the dnc the first thing she said was i don't have an education <laughs> <laughs> but we all should have the option to 
And then she sang fucking Rise, Rise which I'm sorry, that song is bullshit. I, it's I don't bad. care for it, but. <laughs> Can I tell you why I don't like Avril Lavigne? Oh, yeah. Because please, I, please. Was, I was fine with Avril. I was accepting of her as like someone who was in the pop culture, like lexicon. I was like, yeah, sure. I get complicated. Skater Boy is fun. I'm with you. I've just heard it. And I guess she can really sing. But here's why I don't like Avril Lavigne. Here we go. Oh, it no. is a moment. And when people show you who they are, believe them. Maya Angelou. Thank you. Maya Angelou, Oprah Winfrey, and Shonda Rhimes, the three women who have said that. <laughs> yes. It's the chicken before the egg situation. Who said it first? Sure, sure, sure. Sure. Um, we'll never All know. contemporaries. All contemporaries. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, they, they really came up together. Yeah, they, they did. You know, I think they all shared a shared dorm, dorm at college. Yeah. Um, so basically... Um, there was it was the 2001 VMAs. Okay, and it's of course the VMAs are at the end of the summer, and 2001, 2002. I'm sorry, excuse me, 2002. So I'm in. Okay, I'm so about we're to, in a post 9/11 world. We're in a post 9/11 wow. world. I'm in sixth grade. It's the summer after sixth grade. I'm going into the seventh grade. I become obsessed with a little show called American Idol. I become devout. Towards Kelly Clarkson. Yes. I've become well known for well documented. Yeah. Well known. If listeners of the podcast, has, will know. <laughs> rule number six of culture, Matt loves Kelly, Kelly Clarkson. Clarkson. Um, so sh- they had Justin and Kelly on the VMAs to present the award for best new artist. Ooh. And um, they're up there, and Kelly's doing her like thing, which was her brand at the time, to be like, "Oh, where am I?" Like, "Ducka, ducka, ducka." Like, I'm from she Texas. She played that part like, well. She did it for such a long time. She the did highlights it very helped. well. Highlights. She helped. was the the, the, gloss, the, the chunky blonde highlights. Oh yeah. My mom to this day says, "No one can pull off that chunky blonde highlight except Kelly Clarkson." <laughs> to this day, she says it. Okay, um, so they're presenting. So they're presenting the award, and she's playing her thing and doing her thing. She was. Of course, being the perfect George Bush era girl next door. Of course. We love it. Which is, you know, big reason why she took that title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Had never been on a plane. Never been on a plane or yeah. something yes, like that. Yes, we all remember. Burleson, Texas. So um, they're, you know, announcing the nominees and they cut to Avril Lavigne, who's like, like fucking around in her seat with her band or whatever and like doing her own thing sure. and like, you know, sticking her tongue out of the camera and being like a punk rock princess. And then Avril Lavigne wins. So Avril Lavigne like makes her way up to the stage and Kelly Clarkson goes to hug her. Oh no. Avril Lavigne takes Kelly's arm, lifts it over her head, pushes her out of the way, takes the award and starts giving her speech. That's and I rude. was like, I will never forget That's that. That's unacceptable. And I am so pleased that Kelly has had a longer career. When? And I think that it's karma. I think it's yeah. true karma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old and do I'll, you think Avril Lavigne was at that time? Like 19? Was, like 18 or 19. Yeah. 18, yeah. Wow. Because it j- literally just occurred to me that she was really young. Yeah, she was. That was like a thing at the time. It was like um, it, it, people, guys were like, oh, I think she's really fucking hot. Like on, on like the radio, the guys would call in and they'd be like, yeah, uh, I've been hearing this song and like I saw her on TRL and she's hot. And the DJs would be like, well, she's 18, which Ooh. was like, or, I've now realized has been like a running thing. Like Britney Spears being this like uh-huh. object of everyone's sexual desire. And she was like legal. 16, 17. Yeah, people, people trying to know for sure whether or not Britney Spears was a virgin was such a massive part of popular culture. Yeah. It was in her breast implants too. Yeah, that was, well, that was like, even like a joke on in like on SNL. SNL when she yeah, hosted it was in the but opening monologue. Yeah, when her boobs started moving. Yeah. <laughs> Which she was such a Which good is, sport about. She was such a good sport about it. 
I I get too sad talking about Britney. But hold on, yeah, me too. I listened to her a lot today, actually. Britney, Britney's second time hosting SNL was phenomenal. She was no, she so was good. great. She's she a good host. Great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> she had a good turn on Will and Grace too. I, I gotta. Say, oh my god. Okay. And How I Met Your I, Mother. Yeah, I've not seen. I've never I seen, seen an that episode one. of How I Met Your Mother. But I will say <laughs> that um, I think the the part of the brain of like. Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan that is just like an absolute shitstorm of chaos yeah. that makes them unhealthy is probably what also makes them good at like doing a live show like SNL yeah. with, a, yeah. with like not having any experience and just being like, I can do this. Yeah, 100%. Like, I don't think they're unrelated. <laughs> yeah, no. Lindsay Lohan was also amazing. She was, really good she was so good. That's like she one of great. the best Eppies. Yeah. yeah. The, I'm, I'll never forget. I will never forget. This is a big part of my culture. Harry Potter sketch? No. I, I was thinking. Harry Potter sketch. sketch, yes, but same episode when they do the, it was the first ever Debbie Downer. Yeah, Debbie yep. Downer. And, and it was yeah. set and in Disney, Disney World. World. Which is like, so you. It's very me. Yeah. The whole thing was, and I remember when they started breaking, I just like literally was gasping for air in my bedroom. I, and that was when I truly fell in love with SNL. You watch yeah. that back again and you still laugh. And it's it's so I know, incredible. it's so genuine. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. good and it, I, also, we, we, Met a writer at SNL. His name's James Anderson. James Anderson, who Hi, wrote James. literally all my favorite sketches. And I was finding out in the moment of meeting him that he oh had written gosh. all my favorite sketches, like Deep House Dish, Gaze in Space. Gaze in Space. Probably wouldn't be surprised if he had something to do with he all and, those he other and Paula sketches. Paul I, I think co-wrote a lot of the Gemini's twin sketches. I like, love. He he was the gay voice that that like little boys like Matt and I at the time grew up with. We're like, this is so funny. We're responding to this. We want, like, we want that. I just Amazing. loved telling him, like, thank you for literally, like, writing s- sketches that made me laugh for reasons that it I was didn't so even know emotional. why. Like, it was so, it was, it just touched on a nerve Sudi in me. Sudi introduced us to yeah, him. Yeah, it and, was crazy. And then he was just in his office watching that episode. It was the Julie Louis-Dreyfus one from last season. And then he sat with us and watched the rest of the ep. And then we talked about Drag Race. He he said yeah. he loved Thorgy. He loved Bob. It was just this oh beautiful. Oh, my God. I love And then that. I literally, I had the instinct to be like, I'm sorry, but I feel like I have to ask this. Did you have anything to do with Deep House Dish? And he was like, yeah, that was mine. And I literally exploded. I was like, that was my l- whole life. It was really Do beautiful. you remember the sketch Deep House yeah. Dish? Oh, the yeah. Whenever it would come on, I would explode. Yeah. Ugh. So good. James Anderson. Culture. It's important. Culture is everywhere. And everywhere. That's not even a rule. That's just a That's just a fact. That's a just fact. an overhanging. That's just a, a theme of life. One more one more quick thing about Avril and then we'll move on to our episode. Sure. I, I I don't know how I feel about the fact that Avril has literally taken over this podcast. <laughs> I've worked so hard to build Avril Lavigne. Get out of here. Go one, Bowen. one last thing. Sally. Her song for the Aragon soundtrack, phenomenal. Don't know it. Oh, keep holding, keep on. holding on. Yeah. Oh. Nothing huh? you can say. Nothing you can do. There's no other way when it comes to the truth. Not I even it. ringing a bell. Not even. Well, they did it on Glee, and it was pretty emotional. You know, it was when Glee was good in season one. Oh did my God. you like Glee? Okay, I I really liked Glee the first season. I will say, you know that part of the 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 magnifying glass on your on your um Instagram <laughs> where it's like discover. Yeah. Yes. There's something sinister in my algorithm that Glee fan art makes up 50% of it. How? And I don't know how, but it's like, it's it's so... People that are still making Glee fan art to this day? What yes. Are they, what are they drawing? Yes. What are they making? I don't know. Well, and so much of it is unfamiliar to me because I think I only really watched the first season of Glee, mm-hmm. maybe the second season. I 
truly can't remember. Oh my god! But yeah, it's like I I I just want to go there and discover as Instagram wants me to, but I cannot <laughs> because there is so much Glee content. Oh my god! Glee was truly good for thirteen episodes. Yeah, it was truly good. It was actually pretty good. I was always weirded out by Matthew Morrison's character. Yeah. I felt like I was so sexually unsure of what I was supposed to make of him. I was pretty sure sexually of what I was making of him, <laughs> but <laughs> I understand. I definitely wanted to fuck Will Schuster. In fact, much more than I was interested in any of like Schuster was Matthew Morrison. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But I. But you mean the character wasn't into yeah, yeah, yeah. wasn't into uh, you know rest in peace, um, pa, uh, Monteith. Corey Monteith. Corey Monteith. Wasn't into Puck, who, that's a crazy story. Yeah, yeah that nuts. is a crazy story. That's insane. That is insane. But it's also not surprising. Like, it's crazy, no, it's but you're not. just like, I mean, I guess, yeah. Yeah. You know mm. who was hot? Was the blonde guy that came on, like, later in the show. I don't know. What I the know hell that was is. his name? Honestly, who, yeah. who, who knows? You know, Britney, like, Britney, that actress, was just a backup dancer for Beyonce, and then she got cast. Yeah, she was on Beyonce's episode of SNL. Yeah, and then she got cast on Glee as just, like, a dancer. Um, and then her character just like broke out and like my mod team at UCB bit. used to be like permanently stationed on the schedule after Gravid Water, mm-hmm. and Diana Agron was oh. on an ep- on uh on Gravid Water one week, and I just saw her backstage, and I was just like, "You are so she's gorgeous! gorgeous. So I seen she's her in just, person she too." Is, after I mean, she's beautiful. Yeah, she's absolutely and she, gorgeous. She just has this big smile, and she's so radiant. Was she good yeah. on Gravid? I, I didn't see it because uh, I, I was just there for a show. She but. was supposed to do the DCM Gravid Water oh. and then something happened where she couldn't do it. But, oh, but yeah. she was going to come do it. She keeps it. doing that. must mean she's good. I think oh, yeah. she probably is good. I, think I she thought seemed, she was good on the show. I mean, backstage she was just like, you know, palling around and she yeah. just seemed like super chill and nice. But but also like distractingly gorgeous. She's a yeah, 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 beautiful yeah. She's gorgeous. human. <laughs> There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly. Bubbly bursts. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs Classic Clogs and Sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for 
for yourself. Your feet will thank you. Hey, Las Culturistas listeners. We're here to tell you that there's no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com, then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. There's a lot of pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas for the birthdays of loved ones in my life. And sometimes I do get super stressed trying to find that perfect thing. Me too. But now with Gift Mode on Etsy, I can search hundreds of gifting personas and find so many incredible items. And I actually just found a custom chalk bag for the adventurer in my life who's into rock climbing. Not me. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So. Whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner in your life or a birthday present for the pickleballer in your life, Gift Mode has you covered. I'm not the pickleballer. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. And what more could you ask for? Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Titanic is NYC's funniest night out. Plus, it's the winner of multiple awards, including the Las Culturistas Kimberly Akimbo Award for Best Indoor Live Performance. Titanic is a parody musical that answers the question of what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night aboard the Titanic. My life was improved by seeing Titanic, so much so that I reached out to my best friend, Bowen Yang, to improve his life. And Bowen, did it succeed? It succeeded so much that I went four more times. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit this season. Plus, if you get tickets six weeks in advance, you get 30% off. And that's on Titanic math, girlfriend. But seriously, who can wait that long? Go see it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Who I heard is a absolute nightmare, and this will shock no one, is Leia Michelle. Oh, of In course. fact, I have a friend who was at the same party as her, and this might be a little telling, but he went to the closet to get his coat, yeah, I know opened the door, and there was Leia Michelle rifling through all the coats. No. And the host of the party said, Leia, what are you doing? And she just came out and said, I was looking for drugs. <laughs> no. Oh, I can I say that on here? <laughs> I mean, We're spilling yeah. all the tea. And wow. then you hear about Corey Monteith, and actually I had another friend who we all know, I'll tell you guys off the air, but he was friends with the cast member on Glee, and apparently, yeah, they all... Are big, we're big drug, drug users. Not surprising, and again, not surprising. But it's like, yeah, you give bummer. you give kids that age a lot of fucking money, or honestly, not even kids, young adults that age pretending to be kids, a lot of Having fucking a money. Having a false sense of freedom in L.A., time, where yeah. you don't necessarily have that much to do. No, that's why I think, like Bowen and I are going out to L.A. I know, and we people keep saying there's no culture there. There's no culture there. It's boring. And I think I feel like, yeah, well, that must maybe that's the case of why people get involved in such weird shit around there is because wow, there's not much to do and they have a lot of money. No, is is LA different from New York? I think I, I hear that it is. <laughs> I hear that there's a debate to be had about I, LA versus not New York. People talk about the differences between LA and New York. I just, you know, it, if someone thinks that one's better than the other, I'd love to hear their thoughts. Yeah, yeah I would love to hear uh, how you get around in LA. Um, you know. Yeah, I hear that I hear they have Uber, but you know I'm willing to hear more. Yeah, um, guys, today's episode. Today's episode 
you know, this is this is a moment Ugh. because All Stars Two has been so good. We it's can agree incredible. it's been it, so good. It has changed television. I agree. And I it, agree. And it actually, I mean, it's like feels so stupid to say, but it actually has changed my life. I would a hundred percent agree with you. The mentalities, like I, I. This is maybe going to sound bizarre, but I thought today on the subway, if I ever saw RuPaul, what would I say to him? And our friend Janie Stolar, friend has, Janie Stolar. has seen Ru. And she, and she did, the, she handled it the best, the way, best possible. way possible. Yes. Yeah. She's, an, she she's, knows him. She's an idol. She's, she knows how he thinks. Yeah. She's a genius. She basically just put her head down, walked next to him and said, said I, I just, just want you to him. know that I love you. <laughs> and then what did and he, he say said? Back? He looked and he said, I love you too. And he meant it. He meant it. And like, th- the thing is, is oh. anyone who doesn't know anything about RuPaul l- thinks that that's a joke because no, you say no. like, and he meant it and, and you know, you laugh because for other people that would be insane. <laughs> but yep, for Ru, it's for true. Ru, it's true. And then look, 2012, right after I graduated from college, I was on the train uh, and then we, we, we stopped at Wall Street mm-hmm. and then people in the car screamed, look, that's RuPaul. And RuPaul was just, had just come out of a car, was in this beautiful suit Looked so good. Yeah. And just threw up, threw up a peace sign and just waved at people and just looked so cool. Well, and like he's a suave deity. Yeah. But just he's a, a guru. Radiant yeah. in person. You're like you. Your eye goes straight to that person, no matter what. Like you think mm. of that person. I was just like, oh god, RuPaul is beautiful. Well, I would say just for myself, like just like the little nuggets of wisdom that he drops make it mm. very clear to me, like that I mean, this is a way to live your life. Yeah. I had to literally pause the episode. So, so this. So, I mean, you know, we're recording this. The third episode just came out last night. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the first two episodes were like these supersized drama filled yeah. and, and like in w- wisdom filled episodes. And last yes. night was like a more traditional clipping along yep, yep, sort yep. of epi. But when they were doing the judging at the end and um, and Katya was being criticized for her princess die, which, you know, we'll talk. Yes. <laughs> but when Rue was like. To be fair, yeah, yeah, like to be fair, you know, Princess Di is the only, only person being portrayed here that we actually know what she looked like, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe Katya didn't have the same creativity, uh, or have didn't have the same leeway to right, be creative exactly. as the other queens, right? Which is and so I, perceptive. I paused the episode <laughs> and I turned to Branson and I was like. <laughs> I mean, Rue did not have to say that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. But I mean, which is such a, like a, it's a, it's a small, that's a small, but it's a glimpse into of the why. brilliance of Rue. But then, but then when Rue said that, I was like, but wait a minute, Roxy played Ava Perone, and you technically have photography, but maybe it's not like as burned into the consciousness no. of. First of all, I don't even the world. We'll get to that. I would just say, like, for me, what makes the whole idea of Rue coming forward like being in the consciousness and saying like you know we're all born naked and the rest is drag that is so freeing revolutionary it's yeah. just it because I think it's truly the first time like and of course as you get into it as you go into adulthood and as you kind of you know mature you do realize like what is this and what is this and why do I dress this way and why right. are they selling me things all the time and mm-hmm, why this mm-hmm. I remember the first time I ever I think I've said this before but the first time I ever became aware of the fact that I was like a pawn in society is when Sudi and I were watching the X yeah. Factor and Sudi said count how many Pepsi cans you see and I was like Oh my god! And all of a sudden, I realized that I was being aggressively catered to as a consumer, mm-hmm. and they I, and they didn't care. 
about me as a person. And I was like, whoa, what's the world? And then RuPaul talking about like the matrix. Yeah. Like the world is the matrix and whether you're going to be a participant in that or not. Mm-hmm. Once you realize it's the matrix, yes. then yeah. you can really have fun. And you know what too? Like the man behind the curtain, the Wizard of Oz. Like, I think about that all the time. movie is the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And talking about when you see the man behind the curtain, your instinct is to be angry and then you you can decide later to not be angry. You can just play in the matrix and decide to have fun with it. I mean, the thing about RuPaul that is, that makes him in my mind, like such a religious figure Mm -hmm. is he truly has a, a stock, like stock philosophies. And it, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's Jesus esque in that there are these sets of (laughs) principles Mm -hmm. that are, completely he completely inhabits them yes he they're shares analysts. them with everybody yeah mm-hmm. and they're for everybody yeah it's all from a place of love mm-hmm. and it's it's not like he's not really a very fluid figure in the sense that like he's he doesn't have this kind of like evolving uh philosophy that like changes depending on the setting mm-hmm. it's like no you hear him talk about the same things over and over again and they're always true and it's so um advanced and you go back and watch older stuff where he's talking and it's the same like the same nuggets of wisdom that you are there hear in him the talk about the inner saboteur i mean yes, yes. maybe a fifth you could there you could probably find him talking about it 50 times yeah and <sighs> it's always Correct. Like yeah. that's yeah. the thing that's stunning. You know what I? You know what I've been really stewing on lately, and like this has been with me for years, but like lately I've really f- paid attention to this. Is the Mark Maron episode where calls mm. coming from inside the house? Yes, that. That, that I mean, but yes. related to that, um, this part where he goes, um, after he talks about the Wizard of Oz, and he's like, and you know what? It's like Dorothy realizes at the end of the movie, like it was always in her to go home. She always had the power, and she just didn't realize it. And after, and she didn't realize it until after she saw the man behind the curtain, and then she realizes, oh, I've had it in me all this time. And, yeah, no oh, one could do it for me. And uh, isn't that like so yes. liberating? I know that sounds so cheesy, but like, like the no, is incredible. Oh, that's amazing. an amazing story. Yeah, I, it's just like, and does, is RuPaul a Buddhist? No. no. What what is it? Well, I mean, he. He's he practices yoga. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I'm I'm not saying like as a religious practice. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying like he's he's very spiritual and like connected with like his body and like right. you know yeah. just kind of the other. But I don't think he prescribes to anything. Yeah. Well, not that I know of. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And because I've been trying, to, it's the closest I've felt to feeling religious in a long time. Wow. To be honest. Yes. With you. Because I finally have mantras mm-hmm. that I can say, and I've been able to, I think help people by telling them this you know we have a mutual friend who was struggling a long time and we had lunch and i feel like just by telling that person like you know life is drag Mm -hmm. like i feel like that helped and then something huge something huge happened to that and like and and so like i don't know i just feel like it it means everything to just say, you know what? I'm actually going to make the decision to not care and just do me because who made the rules anyway? Exactly. Right. You know, I remember like just before, before I ever started to like feel like I quote unquote was doing well and kind of knew myself as a comic. Mm-hmm. I had people that I looked up to and I really wanted to find out why. And then I went to go see Josh and Aaron's, um, Josh Sharp and Aaron Jackson's UCB show, fucking identical twins at, at UCB and Shannon O'Neill came out and she said something beforehand, which was the reason why this show 
works is because they don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like they do them. And then I clocked that. And then I also <laughs> read Yes, Please by Amy Poehler. Mm-hmm. And she said something like, when you're having fun, everyone has fun. Well, and that's what I was going to say is, yeah. like, uh, I never really thought about fun mm-hmm. until recently. Like, I just, <laughs> I, I think I'm... I'm a pretty, I can be kind of intense. I yeah. think for being a comedian, I'm a very serious person for the most point part. Um, and like, I, I, because I'm not naturally carefree, I always had linked being carefree to having fun mm-hmm. or that fun is like an activity, not the result of an activity. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, let's do something fun. And then whether or not you have fun is irrelevant. <laughs> right. But there's, but Rue, Rue is is constantly in the pursuit of fun. fun. Yes. And like fun in a way that is just, I mean, it's there for everybody and it's, there's something deeper to it. But mm-hmm. like since seriously like letting Rue into my life and my headspace, mm-hmm. I've developed more of like a taste and an instinct for like finding fun and kind of realizing like, that actually should be the main mission. What yes. Ruth says is that fun is not um, a carefreeness or a carelessness. It's actually an awareness of circumstances. Yes. And we're talking about RuPaul, guys. And I'm just saying this in a way that sounds very cultish, but I think it's like when I'm Ru totally entered my life, I'm fine with it, but like Ru has changed my life. She yes. Has. She, he, you know, I mean, I just feel I can speak about it. Well, like, the thing know, like, about Ru is that Ru is like not without problem no of course, like, course of course there because when it comes to things like gender identity right. and language like it's so weird like okay donald trump will come in front of an uh, a group and he'll be like people want to say this about me but it's just words and obviously <laughs> it do- he doesn't mean it because right, right. he's so sensitive and and you read it as defensiveness and you see it as kind of childishness like mm-hmm, immaturity mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it's it's weird to see mm-hmm. it's, but it's stranger to see RuPaul talk about words because he means it. Yes. And when he says words do not matter and that it doesn't matter what you call something and it doesn't, and that words can't hurt you. It's like, that's not true for most people. Yeah. And it's, and it's in some ways like a little irresponsible to like believe that that is how it works. But there is like inspiration that I draw from seeing him like kind of reach this enlightened state where he's like, you cannot touch me. I I mean, yeah, yeah. I was talking to Dylan Marin about that very thing because like I was just really worked up one day after some internet commenter like said something very derogatory and then, because and Dylan deals with that every day. Yeah, he really does. And then we were talking about this exact point that Rue says that words don't matter and words shouldn't hurt you. And we were like, but wait a minute, that doesn't seem congruent to this other philosophy that's built around RuPaul. And so, yeah, that is. But well, it, that's drag, though. I yeah, think. yeah. It's it's a it's and again, you could also say you know choosing to be offended or seek out that kind of mm-hmm. situation is is, you know, being a part of the matrix yes, and, yeah. and willingly yeah. being a participant in um, the acceptance of the bullying you're going to go through. Yeah. And so, like, I guess, and I, I, what I think RuPaul, like, for example, you know, he had to take out the, you got she-mail. Yeah. Right. Um, and everything after contestants that had been on the show were upset about it and spoke, spoke out about it. I think RuPaul 
maybe he wouldn't admit this, but I think he truly feels a little bit offended and feels a little bit like, you seriously, this is so obvious that you're going to like decide to turn against me. Like RuPaul, I've heard him say like, I've been on the front lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's just upset, I think. And maybe a little irritated at himself for being upset and allowing yeah. himself to get upset about yeah. it because I think he is. That like these people that he represents, I think, are in biting a fun the hand. way and like are, are not even biting the hand, but like being ungrateful. Yeah. And I do think that he probably checked his own ego about it or is aware of the fact that that is the ego rising. Well, I think I think it's it's hard because it's like I don't think he means that words don't matter. No. I just think it means that you can rise above right, words sure. that like that 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 that's that the self prevails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really complicated this because is... words words really can hurt you. Yeah. But they make a point about it on this episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. They get into it. Oh my gosh. I mean, like, I honestly, I, I have to tell you, I'm like feeling overwhelmed right now because there's so much I want to talk about because there's <laughs> Rue, there's Rue as the person, the guru, there's mm-hmm. Rue as the host and the mastermind. Yeah. And, the and then there's just the fucking show Which that I just, I mean, I the think show. That especially right now in like the trajectory of the season right now, they all are very intertwined. So let's start talking about the show. We're getting deep. Can I just say we've we've, we've gotten deep as shit. Yes. <laughs> but but you know I I have had a hard year mm-hmm. and like I just you know and it it happens and like I just I've had like just I've just had some shit this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I in in watching RuPaul's Drag Race has been an a vital part of my self care. Oh, huge! I, think I mean, we're all on the same massive, massive. Like, and and it's not just listening to the Marin interview, which I do. I mean, I re-listen to that one because it's just so good. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like rewatching older episodes. Like, it has been yep. a part of healing yes. for me this year. Wow. So, I mean, like, I mean, and it's and I do have to say, as a woman, sometimes it can be confusing because drag is not is not my part of my culture. Um, right. and I'm, and, and there are certain things that by doing it, it's appropriation. And so I can never fully be like in the fandom as much as a gay man can, as it should be. But like you kind of, it's kind of what makes you like a true follower. If that yeah, makes any sense, so. like yeah, I, I can't that. put myself in the place of a contestant or even a judge on the show just by by ruling out like identity, but because of the overarching philosophy that Rue has that we're all born naked uh-huh. and the rest is drag, like you can really get like as close as you possibly can and still be a part of it all. It's right. kind of bizarre. And even Matt and I as gay men who don't do drag cannot fully like place ourselves and like immerse ourselves in, 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 in the same way. It's like there, there can't be a full parody of, of, of the things of identity. It's yeah. It's so fascinating because it's, the show is truly for everyone. I've yep. never met someone who started watching the show and did not fall in love with it. Exactly. And Branson, my boyfriend, straight man, mm-hmm. uh, is part of our we have a we have a Facebook fan group where we discuss. Yes, yeah. Branson and is a part of it. Branson yeah. is part of the group and he reads everything, but mm-hmm. he doesn't comment. And he just he and whether or not there's a right answer or not, he just is like he, he is even not then just being a straight man. He's like, it's just he's like, I have opinions and I love talking about them in person. He's like, but 
it feels like co-opting the conversation from the place of a straight man he's like i just can't do it i can say that i welcome those conversations with everybody i mean me too (laughs) i truly just want to talk about it with anyone anyone listen anyone i just i i guess i just i just don't care i I just think it's fun i think it's fun for everybody and also you have to remember talking about what who belongs to what belongs to who like we're watching men dress up as women. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and and so And and like it's more than that. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is we have a contemporary too. And I would like to hear what you have to think about this, Nicole. Okay. And this is a great friend of all of ours, and I don't even remember I don't even know if she remembers saying this. I rem- I know but, yes. Uh-huh. But one time I was discussing RuPaul's drag race with this person and she said, Yeah, it's fun. It's just a shame that drag queens hate women. And I really, and this is an huh. extremely smart person, and I, and I really had to think about and consider that point of view. And I don't even know if they still feel this way, but I really had to think about it and consider it. And, and what do you think about that ideology? Well, I think it's hard because, because I don't think that a lot of drag queens are dressing up as women. Like right. that's not how I think of it. A woman would it. never it's, dress it's, like it's that. It's female illusion it's in every fem- sense of the word. For some, yeah, for some and then for others it's a character that is an expression of femininity, yeah. but it's not it's not an expression of womanhood. Right. There's there's so because and and this is this is a thought that I have. Uh when we see on RuPaul's Drag Race or in a, a live performance of drag we're watching the height of a portrayal of an empowered woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is not exactly how the natural state of womanhood in our society. We right. don't, when we picture a woman on the street, we don't see them as a supermodel of the world. Mm-hmm. And we don't see them, we see them functioning in society, interacting with other people yeah. and experiencing the oppression that comes along with that. And Absolutely. when we think of an empowered woman, it comes in many, many different forms. But in a lot of ways, we perceive beauty as a weakness that undermines a woman's strength of character Mm -hmm. because we are kind of trained when we're growing up that your appearance is antithetical to your intelligence or to your sense of self or your creativity or whatever, even though, of course, it isn't. But because the appearance of drag is so um, crucial to to its success. Uh and, And so we're watching we're watching women and even when we say like oh she's so fishy or she she passes or you know whatever mm-hmm. we say it's not it's not passes as a woman on the right, street right. it passes as a supermodel of the world exactly <laughs> and so it's it's like i think it's a love of it's a celebration of, yeah it's a celebration it's a love of what womanhood could be yes. like i watch i watch drag queens on the runway and I just see a type of pride yeah. that I like a spot that I, I feel proud. Yes. yes. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard. Like I think that there is, um, when when I I know what I know where the thought is coming from of like, well, it make because it does make fun of elements of femininity. But I, but I think that those elements that are being ridiculed are the things that it's holding up a mirror. It's not the things that women make fun of them themselves it's it's, it's a satirical uh, it's, bent on it it's taking possession of what society deems as being like something 
humorous or right. low about being a woman. That my instinct, beautiful. my instinct, I think that was extremely well said. And my instinct when I heard this was to, of course, defend the show mm-hmm. and defend the queens and defend RuPaul um, because I truly feel like it's a celebration. Yeah, I really do. I feel like it's, I really feel like it's um, born out of admiration and mm-hmm. celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, to, to hear that someone could be offended by it, like really like send something off in me. I was like, Oh no, God, no. Well, because yeah. the other thing is, excuse me. Um, drag race is so unique because it literally launches careers. Right. And so there's also a certain desperation and ambition that you see in the show that you definitely see in other, in other reality shows but it's not as authentic because the it's just when you want to win american idol it's for the chance to become a star when you want to win rupaul's drag race it is to become a star to become the biggest thing in your industry yeah Yeah. i mean you really you you walk away even if you don't win i mean they've won by being a contestant yeah you can come in seventh and you can walk away being like i never have to have a day job again right i mean can you imagine No, I'm. I honestly, it's cr- it's crazy. I mean, that, and that's like that's like you know finished. RuPaul the mastermind, right? Yeah. And and you know he says like you know this last season being like you know the hundredth queen walking in was Derek Barry, and be him being like, you know this. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's launched the careers of a hundred queens. You know truly, what I mean? and then like also by association, like they're close friends. Yes. you know yeah. I think like Thorgy's success is her crew's success in a way it's her it's totally. like ruby's success right in a way you know yeah like i would people. be interested in how they feel about it but you know it's it's definitely turns the heads in all the directions like i say about everything you know uh, frank frank um garcia hell just posted something like this is going to be the amount of the time of year where a lot of our contemporaries get pretty cool jobs and let's be happy for them and yeah, i agree like a rising tide lifts all shifts it but i truly think, does yeah and i think like um that's with with the queens too, and also drag in general. RuPaul's nominated for an Emmy, and oh it's my been God. such a you thing. look at the contest, you look at the competition. the content- competition, and, and you're like, like, come, come on. on! I mean, anyway, you watch one episode and you're like, uh, yeah, what? Okay, wait, okay, so so this season, yeah, this season. Let's talk about the season. Uh, do you think? I mean, I, I, I have a question for you guys. Yes. Come on. Because, <laughs> listeners, on. we have not been able to talk in person about the show yet. So this is this is for us and for you. This is for us and for you. Okay. Do you guys think that... that Okay, for, for people who don't watch the show, typically the way that the elimination works in a normal season is that the bottom two lip sync for their life and that the person who then loses... According, RuPaul chooses the winner and the loser and the loser goes home. Yep. In this season of All Stars, the top two lip sync for their legacy. The mm-hmm. person who wins chooses who of the bottom two gets to go home. Yes. Do you think that the agony and the and the emotion mm-hmm. that the queens are feeling is what they thought was going to happen, or did you think that it was going to be more that producers thought it was going to be more of like a fun catty thing with drama, but everyone's going to be like, "Well, bitch, we're here to win, so yeah. this is the way it is." I think oh. that it depends on the contestant. And I think that, for example, Alyssa Edwards, queen, who's queen, queen. honestly my queen. favorite, I don't know that she will deserve to win in the end. I think it's 
very tough to debate against Alaska. She's I think Alaska right is maybe one of the best drag queens ever of all time. I love her. I mean, yep. but I think that Alyssa Edwards being so kind of not anguished about this whole thing means that she gets it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think, of course, the producers want there to be agony and drama. That's why they sprung on them at the last second. Yeah, but, but those first two episodes they were, were hard to watch. Really, really were tough. And, and we had known before. Well, yeah, that, it had been spoiled. We had, we had it spoiled. We, we knew from some intel that this was going to be the elimination process. Mm-hmm. In my mind, it was going to be a lot more lighthearted. Like fun. Yeah. Yes, like, you know, cause, because in a normal season where they're not all such close friends, it would be like, thank God, I finally have the opportunity to send Derek home. Right? Yeah, yeah. But, but like, now it's tough because they have existing relationships. But I also think Ginger Minge, who just got eliminated by Alyssa, doesn't, her career doesn't hurt for not going on more weeks on the show. You know no, what I mean? She no. still you think was... Katya's would have? No, I don't think so at all. I don't think any of their careers are affected by it. Yeah. No. I think these are all working queens Established. who are at the height of their fields. I think Coco Montrese will have the same or not better career you, that she has. Do you think that the tweets between Coco and Roxy, and Roxy what do you think about that? I think it's probably it probably feels authentic. Uh, Coco's probably really mad or if they're just if this is like a setup it's for just a like Coco a return. year later and it's yeah. like do you actually really have those harsh feelings towards sure. Roxy a year later I think we have to remember that it's drag and I think some of them get it and some of them don't and I think some of them are playing into it or I think I think all of this is being exhumed for Coco because of the social media reaction they're like wow right. Coco Roxy really fucked you over follow-up so question that. i mean like I, I was thinking about this today do you think that the bit about fifi getting death threats was added into the episode after fifi got death I, threats? what makes you last think that? week can't it really get so a grasp bizarre. on this I, and this is like something that i'm thinking about so for those of you who may not from, be familiar with it there's a character <laughs> i call them characters because that's what they make them into on the show there's a contestant on the show um, on All Stars 2, Fifi O'Hara, who was on season four of RuPaul's Drag Race and really has the... Truly the villain. The persona Nightmare. is... She's the villain of the series. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. she was the most knowing, vicious contestant in series history. She was she was a bully. She yeah. was mean. She was intolerant. Mm-hmm. She was selfish. Toxic. Yeah. She was toxic. It was horrible. I mean, and she's back on the show. And, and she was 20... And she was... 25 Ugh, yes, at the so, time. So not a baby. You know what I mean? Definitely not to say that you can't be going through difficult I mean, things. Adora's 25 now. Yeah. So the thing is, she's come on All-Stars 2, and it's been pretty clear for from her an episode. Redemption. For her redemption. And she wants to reestablish her legacy as someone who isn't mean, as someone who isn't manipulative. As, as, she, as, as a know, transformed queen, because the main conflict was that she thought that, I mean, kind of similar to Roxy. Right. She yeah. thought that that pageant pageant queens were true drag queens and that everyone else was a hack. Roxy yeah. thought that comedy queens were a hack and, and Fifi you know, Fifi thought true. that Sharon, a spooky queen was a hack, but Fifi called Sharon needles, uh, go back to party, party city, city where, where you, you belong. belong. And that was like in the, the highest insult Although, you could do. Like you're a fucking cheap ass joke. queen. But if you rewatch that fight, that is not the meanest thing she says. No, 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 no. I mean, like, the meanest what else does she say? That's Strictly like, Caliente, she's the meanest too. No, oh, oh but no, no, no. But even that, even that fight where she's yelling at Sharon, mm-hmm. I rewatched that fight and go back to Party City Where You Belong is like the line. But 
that the whole thing is like oh yeah kind of worse than that because it, because uh sharon goes to her sharon goes to her and she's like well okay so i guess what i'll say is the meanest thing that fifi says is she goes you're not my sister yeah that <sighs> i think that's like kind of brutal like because sharon says i just wanted I to tell you because you're my sister like a sister i came to you like a sister and she goes you're not, you're my, not sister. my sister <laughs> yeah which is like hard yeah the, and so basically can you imagine someone saying that in all stars 2 it's i mean it's it's unthinkable so basically what's going on in all stars 2 is she's come on and she's like look that wasn't me i've grown up a lot i like, now i said all those things but i've changed and now and my style of drag has changed i'm actually more like sharon now than sharon is yeah and Which is she's laughable. now she's now become a more creative uh artistic cosplay queen, cosplay queen. which for so, example cosplay queen does not equal cutting edge okay keep going so <laughs> So Ooh, honey. She, she, however, has been edited into a sort of villain edit again. And you yes. would think that someone with experience on a reality show who knows, should know what not to do to get this edit, just wouldn't give them the sound bites. Yeah. But okay. she's a fully come for beloved queen, Alyssa Edwards, saying she's not that funny, is too much, and like is distracting, and just like keeps coming for her. And it's like, so what's the deal here so i mean so fifi went on her twitter last week and she said i'm watching this episode at the same time you guys you are i'm devastated i had no idea i was going to be getting this villain edit again the editors have screwed me over the producers have screwed me over i'm getting death threats all over again this is a nightmare and other queens came to her defense and were like she was not that bad or what etc 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 and and those of us on our facebook group where we discuss and ruminate (laughs) on ruminate on the episodes we were saying like, do we think it's a, do we think it's producer driven? Do we think it's Fifi driven? And I had said, I will totally believe that in this particular episode, she got a villain edit, even though she didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. But I do not think that the producers would set her up with a villain edit if she did not have material to deliver down the line. There you go. And even in this episode, before last episode, there was nothing that she said that was unsavory, like, yeah. Um, in her in her talking head confessionals it was just uh, it, it was like this perceived kind of like back alley yeah, you know thing. kind yeah. of uh, mind games that she was playing but in this past week's episode she had some talking heads to the camera where she was being talking kind of shit me- talking shit about Alyssa and it's like okay so so first of all I know that there's a big fight coming because it is being it is being built up like there's a big fight yeah, yeah. but I mean, like you said, those that to just producers don't do it if you don't think it's going to be included. You can't say that it it's an edit if but it's to, what you were saying to producers. But to answer your question about whether or not her that whole segment, that whole package about her getting death threats for a full year was authentic, like it seemed to have worked into the workroom scenes where Detox and and Fifi were sort of apologizing. I think so it. too. I just have I just have a gut feeling that producers added that part into the episode before it aired this week after last week. Like they shot pickups? No, like I think they had that footage and then they were like, let's add in some stuff about that because because I am, I feel like last week the blowback to Fifi was so brutal. There's a part of me that thinks that producers were like, oh, no, 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 we don't want her getting death threats anymore and like added in like a little bit of a That's sob story because matt was pointing out how fifi had this whole section what were you saying i was just saying the edit of the show is confusing this week yeah and it makes me yes. feel like maybe the show is confusing us a little bit on purpose so i think that 
for the whole first half of the episode, you can't get around the fact that literally in the in the opening when they all come back into the workroom and they're getting changed out of their outfits from the from the runway for the last night, Fifi immediately in goes the top off on of head Alyssa. goes off on Alyssa. It's recurring throughout the episode. She says something to Alyssa while they're rehearsing. They have a whole section of Ginger Minge assessing Fifi's behavior, where yeah. she's like, "Fifi is acting manipulative," and I think I it's actually, because she came on the show to do this. Blah blah blah. I loved that part from Ginger. Yeah, yeah. Ginger was great. Ginger that. was great in that episode where she because also she started off and she's genuine. She goes, "I love Fifi," mm-hmm. and you know it's true. <laughs> and she was like, "But." Yeah, that was a great moment. Like that pause was. Mm, yeah, it's tasty. It. I yeah. mean, also the show is so knowing about the edit. Yes. Now, like cutting to the producer. Saying, it is such a meta show. Like about the sound bites about coming back into the workroom. Like the show is so knowing about its edit. It knows what it's doing. So then, for well, the especially first for something half, like All Stars, it's like you know it's us watching the show. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. first time viewers. For the right. first half of the whole episode it was Fifi this way and then to have that segment in there about how Fifi is getting death threats and have that talking head of respected Queen Alaska saying shut the fuck up to everyone who's like hater basically like I'm just very interested to see what the end game is with Fifi with this season because they are giving us two different things. Maybe it is producers doing damage control. That's what I mean that was my theory. It seemed so out of place that I was just like they they had this footage and I'm sure they just were like, we we are moving forward with our storyline for the season, but we, fire we have but, to put out. but we gotta we gotta take out a couple minutes of you know cause um there was no video. Yeah. Here's another thing. There was no yeah. video from Rio at the beginning of the episode where right. um, she she just came in. There was no mini challenge. So I mean there was a part of me that was like, this was added in yeah, it's just it's see. I mean, it, it's a it's a conspiracy theory, <laughs> but but it is it but it is my conspiracy yes. theory that it was added in as reaction to last week where Fifi badmouthed producers for mm-hmm. saying that they were giving her a villain edit needlessly, sure. which and, is you know honestly tough to dispute. I mean, there was there was a part yeah. in this episode where um she she says something to Alyssa about her. So okay, so the part where they're sitting in the chairs and she's talking about mm-hmm. um, the, tra- the dress, the dress, that part was <laughs> like Fifi, shut yeah, the fuck, shut the up. fuck up. <laughs> but the part where they're just kind of kidding around on the stage, yeah, and she says something and she's like, "How was uh, Alyssa? Like, how was my day? How was it? Was it really good?" She goes, "Eh." I mean, like both of them cracked yeah, up yeah, at, yeah. at that. I don't yeah. think that that was like that seemed like no. Uh, I would say that to Bowen during rehearsal all the time. Oh. I mean, like it, it's a joke. Who's it's the Fifi there? I'm, I'm the Fifi. No, no, you're. No, the I'm the Fifi. Who, I'm the who do you think you're? You're most spiritually Alyssa aligned Edwards. with? Yeah, a hundred percent. I would do her for Snatch Game if I had the chance. I'm Alyssa. I, Edwards, I'm a Katya. You are a Katya. I'm a Juju B. But that's, well, oh, that's okay. An old We're talking one. about all time. All time. Oh, all time. I that's still hard. Think I'm I Alyssa. think I think you uh, try to confine it within the season just because it's okay, otherwise sure. it's too broad. Um, I, I want to say this is. It's crazy if I say Alaska, but that's not even. I would say Katya too, because I'm not like because because I because when she said I finally feel like a star, I was oh my like, God, I know that was huge. I was like, wait, I don't, I don't, I don't fully relate to that in this in some way, but like that is so that's so cool. I love Katya. Uh, I mean, Katya she, is amazing. I think, and and you know what sucks is we're gonna watch the next episode and the narrative is gonna be well, Alyssa just broke the rules that we created and sent. But Ginger the only home. people who care about the rules are people who I don't want on the in the show anymore exactly. anyway. Fifi and Detox and Roxy. 
Yeah. Detox, I'm, I want to understand. I'm not a huge detox fan, but I know you guys. I've been I, thinking I was a lot about detox. detox. I think detox wants to win very badly. Yeah. I, I just know. Think, I just think that detox's strengths are only going to be on the runway. Yeah. I think detox is a good lip syncer and performer, but I'd said this on the thread today. It's interesting to watch the lip sync between detox and Alyssa this week because you just don't watch detox. You can't compete you with can't Alyssa. Take your eyes off Alyssa Edwards. Yeah. She does the most interesting things. Her she Annie Oakley was so funny. Yeah. funny. She's just, you're not able to look away from her. <laughs> and also it's not even just her performance. It's the way she does her makeup. It's the way she looks. Her eyes explode <sighs> off the stage. She, I, I think she's an underrated queen in terms of her looks. I, I will Alyssa? say that oh, Alyssa. Yeah. I think I mean, that she's got a distinct look that is Alyssa Edwards. Like th- something about the way she does her eyes. Yes. Like you just know it's her. It's like when you turn on the radio and you know it's um, Rihanna. You know what I mean? There's just something. <laughs> right, right, Alyssa right. Says the Rihanna. There's the Rihanna drag. <laughs> what I'm saying is it's like it's distinct. Yes. It's not just yeah. good. It's also distinct. Like Roxy Andrews is good, but is it distinct? There is something where to be my said. people at. Where my people at. There is something to be said. And I think Alaska is representing this so well. Alaska used to have a distinct signature look, like the high hair, the beehive, yeah. whatever. But this season, she's shown how Oh, my God. That sleek yeah, lob from last week, I gagged. Oh, that was the gag episode. of the season for me so far, was Alaska's yes, look. Yes, the, la- the latex look. Somebody yeah. said it's what Taylor Swift wished she looked like at the Met Ball, and I was like, oh! that's literally it. That's true. I hated Taylor Swift's look at the Met Ball. It was bad this well, year. Yeah, she... Just, I don't know. But it's where she first started dancing with Tom Hiddleston, if you believe what the people (gasps) want you to. (laughs) Honestly, I I literally have already talked. I have got so many. If you think that Taylor Swift actually had jury duty, (laughs) you are mistaken, honey. No, no, no. She looked too unkempt. I just, I just, that is not, oh, okay, the day after the VMAs when she wasn't there, we're go- suddenly I the story duty. comes out, oh, I had jury duty, oh, Taylor Swift's of the people, she goes to jury duty, she took a picture with my mom, uh-huh. uh-huh. I, just, I just don't believe anything about her is authentic. Okay. Well, I don't know, I feel bad, but no, it's just don't. like, well, I feel bad, I don't know. My th- Shh, don't feel bad. The thing is. She's had such a weird arc and like we fall in love with her. We hate her. We fall back in love. We hate her again. I love I mean, now. She's now gotten to the place where she's too far away. Yeah, she's, she's too far she's gone. She's just too far away. And like I will always enjoy her music. I'm sure it will. I like her music. Yeah, I, like I love what she does for her fans. Yeah. I do not care about who she dates and how many. Nope, that is her neither. prerogative. You he go, girl. a shirt that said I heart TS to the beach. But it's not. Okay. But he <laughs> was paid to wear it, honey. Yeah, but but what's the function? Like why? It can but only it, help his career. It's oh. literally to lie to everyone though. It's 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 like it's like so people in like middle America they believe it. And that to me is manipulative and that 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 makes her no better than Fifi Can't O'Hara. She do the but Gaga thing and lay low for a little bit. She <sighs> no, she, she is. is. She has posted like four things on Instagram since the since the Kim Kardashian since the video thing. and they're all birthday posts for friends. Yeah. Happy birthday Selena, Selena Gomez. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I she mean, literally said to Kanye West on the thing, I'm like this close to overexposure. She's aware of it. Yeah. I hated. Oh, that video is so great because like, she sounds so fucking fake on it. Ooh, the video is good. The video is great. Kim is a genius. Oh god, I just love anything. I I am a little bit like let's burn the world about the whole thing where I just want it all. I want to know. I I want every gay celebrity to come out. I want everything <laughs> revealed. I just want this. I just don't don't think it's good to have everyone 
have all the lies. I don't think it's good for people that are growing no, up. No, it's it's, just, it's not. And I and I have to say, I drag. I love the drama. No, it it really isn't. No. I mean, I love the drama. I love I love the conspiracies. I do believe the conspiracies, but it's on. It's so. It's so easy to not like her, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Not That's because true. not because of the collection of the friends or any of that stuff. It's because she is so protect like. To me, she seems invincible. Like, what could she possibly do that would alienate her fan base? It, it, she already has six, like, mansions. Like, yeah. what could she possibly do? And yet, she won't say Black Lives Matter, or she won't call herself a feminist, or she won't, you know, support like... Hillary yeah. Clinton. Oh, she won't sp- support Hillary Clinton. So it's, like, all of these things that, like, come from this place of, like, fear and protection of her yeah. image. It's so boring to me. I'm like, next? Like she's writing her songs like okay like get Matt Martin or whatever the fuck his name is on like some other songs <laughs> and for Britney and we'll be fine yeah, yeah honestly, I mean or something whatever like hearing like the tea about her from people that actually work like adjacent to her like it's pretty revealing yeah. I mean like she's so like I can't stress enough like she's so good to her fans and she's such a good role model for girls for in, in a lot of in a lot of ways like mm-hmm. she is the face of her own company that is herself mm-hmm. she plays an instrument she is in control of her life smart. She do- she's smart she doesn't apologize for who she dates i mean like yeah. i i do think that those things are good and yeah. she is in contact with her fans she's very human she clearly is grateful for the career she has like she's not an evil person but yeah. i just like i don't know what the- did you think about the lena dunham amy schumer interview um that interview sucks yeah it's yeah. I, I i get lenny letter and i love it and i, I got like and i too. got it in the morning and i was still in bed and i just was like oh this is awful the shooting victims thing like just i mean like the the, the whole i mean everything got to me. it's just I think it was all of it was bad all of it was bad yeah I, th- I think it's just a case of like i don't think that they're evil by any means no, i don't no, think no, i don't no. even think that they're racist by any means like knowingly i think that they're super privileged and i think it's a case of two super privileged rich people i just getting think together like, and set and and like talking to each other and then hit and publish because they yeah. feel like they can <laughs> i was gonna say like you know you think you want to be on a fly on the wall yeah <laughs> but like you kind of you kind of no, don't yeah don't. it's it's a lot but amy schumer is like so from long island <laughs> <laughs> you relate like, to it. I, yeah. I, it's just when she she played a character when she was on snl yeah, yeah where yeah. she was like so somebody like, took it the bachelorette party and basically <laughs> cecily it's like cecily's bachelorette party and they're all friends and then it's like her one friend from like the bar <laughs> amy schumer plays like the bartender from the bar she frequents and then um <laughs> the purse goes missing and amy schumer's like Okay, so somebody, somebody took, took it. it. And like she some she like is that person on some level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Wow. Did you hear Hold, for sirens. Hold, Hold for, for sirens. sirens. Hold for sirens. Hold for sirens. I think that's actually a sign that we should wrap our conversation on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars 2 with this. So, how do you see the rest of the season playing? Ooh, out? great. Like map out what you think the rest of the season's gonna look like, Nicole. Okay. The the we're now down to six. Uh, yeah, we're down to six, mm-hmm. and I want let's let's give a quick recap. We got Alaska, the front runner, who w- yeah. is you know incredible. Alyssa Edwards, uh, Alyssa the Edwards. true entertainer, mm-hmm. um, who can do things on stage that no one else can. Katya, Katya, fan favorite, wild card. I would say much improved, much, much improved, improved. Co- new confidence, really big time fan favorite. Yeah, detox, detox. Um, you know, kind of unparalleled, like scene Looks. look queen. Yeah, like 
new drag. Yes. Like yes. well known drag queen. Yes. Yeah. Mama. Then we've got Roxy Andrews, reformed, quote unquote, bully, runway queen of I season think she's five. trying. I think she's I trying. Think she's trying. She's putting in her yeah, effort. She's definitely putting in her effort. Um She I think she just I think she's just really good at being mean. She's a natural bully. Yeah. And yeah. she's just working really hard to just, you know, not indulge that because it's a high stress situation. I think she's doing a good job. Yeah. And then and we've got a uh, villainess. Um, new cosplay, artistic queen, former pageant villain of season four that we spoke about all at length earlier, Fifi O'Hara. Fifi so O'Hara. how do we see this going? Okay, I think this coming week is going to be a pairs uh, challenge. Okay. Top six. Top six, a, a classic top six challenge yes. where people are paired up and it's going to be... Okay, well, who do we... Okay, so I think it's going to be... Roxy Detox. Roxy, maybe. It's either going to be... I think it's going to be Fifi Alyssa because like uh, sure, that we're sure, being sure. set up for that. We truly are. And then I think it it's going to be, I mean, I would hope it would be Ala- Alaska Katya because that would be so fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be like Katya, Roxy and Detox Alaska, something like that. Or yeah. it'd be interesting if they pair Detox and Roxy together as like the two remaining members, like the, uh, what, what is it now? Like now that Alaska's out of it, like the two... Uh, Rolaska talks. Yeah, but now Alaska's not in Rolaska talks anymore. So what is it Rotox. now? Rotox. Rotox. Yeah. Ugh. Also, like sidebar for eye roll for Alaska talks. Yeah, I know. Um, that yeah, was I, so hard to watch in season five because it was bullying. Okay, so so so, <laughs> yes. so paired challenge. I think paired challenge next week. Another typical um, elimination. I think the following week is going to be when they bring all five queens yep. back. It's going to be half and half. Mm-hmm. I think someone. But Adore gonna, would have to come back then. Oh, probably, yeah, then so I guess a door's not, so it'll be four and, four and four. five. Oh, they'll probably okay. excuse one of the five from, like, whatever brawl it is they're going to I mean, I think that for. they're going to do something where, like, the, there's going to be, like, a mini competition just between the eliminated queens, and whoever wins gets to, like, replace the person of their choosing, or maybe the person who eliminated them, wow. potentially, and then I think it's, that's what I think. Yeah. I mean, th- I, I think that's that there's definitely, I mean, but who knows this, the season is truly it's it, the architect of the know. season. We can't, we can never hope to, yeah. but I guess I think, I mean, you know, you don't know who, who's going to make crazy decisions. I would hope that the top three would be Alyssa, Katya and Alaska. Same. I think that's what you all yeah. want, but you just don't know because none of it has made you, any yeah. sense no. because it's truly up to them. It seems like it's not up to the producers. And any top three in the last couple seasons of the actual show have been, there's been a wild card that's stuck its way in there. And I think the fact that the producers are being so kind of willy-nilly with who goes home means that the eliminated queens must come back in a big way. There's going to yeah. be a huge you know upset. I mean? I mean, there's going to be a huge upset. Yeah. I think, there's part of me that also thinks like there might just be an entire episode that's just eliminated queens yeah because mm-hmm. we have this whole vacancy from a door leaving yeah. like um but they but then have prepared for that though i have no idea but Ugh. but it's like i mean rue just she does what she will, she do. What she will do but i think one other thing that that i've been thinking about um obviously alaska is the one to beat she's a revolutionary queen mm-hmm. but I wouldn't mind her going home because she's so be far fine. ahead of everyone else. Like if, you know, if we're talking about like Alaska and Alyssa and Katya, who of those three we would rather replace with a wild card, I would say I would want Alaska to be replaced just because it'll be more fun to watch. It'd be more fun to watch. And yeah. I would, I would rather see Katya and Alyssa get to fight for the crown than Alaska 
Alaska really could have won her season. Yeah. Like it, in in a lot of ways she did. Like she wasn't the official winner, but she did win her she season. Jinx, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it was I think Jinx's win was cool. Like I liked Jinx, but I I I think that Alaska it's weird watching the show because it feels like Alaska won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Matt, Matt, what's your what's your outline for the rest of the show? Mm, the episode, I the I just I think there's been so much focus on Fifi. Ugh. That I just think there has to be something to do with her. Some shoe has Sometimes to Sometimes what they do on the show is they'll focus on a queen a lot because their time is up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Fifi go home next week. And I also wouldn't she, be surprised to see her make the top fucking three. I mean, the thing is, in my opinion, in season four, Fifi stayed way longer than she should have. She I was should have been shocked. out top six. I was shocked that she made the top three. Mm-hmm. So... To me, like she beat Latrice Royale. I mean, I can't insanity. <laughs> but what the thing is, what if you do watch that season, you watch the season six lip sync, and it's Sharon and Fifi's doing "It's Raining Men." Fifi had tanked the challenge yes. for them. Then they sing it's they do "It's Raining Men," and Sharon kills her. I mean, Fifi does like the her fucking wig comes off. It's horrible, and they. Uh, they disqualified Willem, Willem. so yeah. which was like the stroke of luck for Fifi. But Fifi, yeah. I do think though, when and I'm rewatching season four now because I really c- needed to finally it's understand a the Fifi great thing. It's amazing, season. but see, oh. Fifi, some of the drags she does towards the end of season four is better than a lot of what she's done in All Stars too. I mean, her she should have honestly gone home the first week with that leotard Absolutely. in a lot of ways. Absolutely, yeah. that and runway her look, horrible performance, her horrible performance, but that that bodysuit was heinous. <laughs> I it mean, then cheap. the following week she comes out with that rubber duck bullshit. Okay, so uh, now, now like I do think we'll have a top three. I I hope th- that they'll give us Alaska, Alyssa, and Katya. However, I do have a slight of I just can't see Alyssa winning, despite what I really want, and I, I have an aversion to Katya winning yeah. for some reason. I just feel like if Alaska doesn't win, we'll look on it and be like. Well, we all really know that Alaska was the best. But the thing is, like, what would I want to happen? I would want Alyssa Edwards to win All-Stars, too. Yes. But I also think there's something to the fact of, like, she doesn't win and she's like, all right, um, I still do my thing. Yep. Uh, what about you? My only thing my only thing that I'll, that I'll add to this, just because we're running out of time, is um, I think I think we're getting a Shantae Boat State or something. Yeah, because, for sure. Because it's six left and the, well, we have three I mean, and three even the criticism this week were like, Everyone's there's very really little to say. Yeah. And and there's there's six left. There's only three more episodes until we get a top three. Like, wait a minute. Like there's there needs to be more. We can't just have a six episode season. I think I think the series order for this was the season order was like eight episodes or something. So we'll see. Well, we do have whatever's coming with the eliminated queens. Yes. yes what was yes. the preview for next week? Did you I see it? I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, it was um everybody all the queens like uh just uh attacking Alyssa for sort of switching the strategy. Oh, they yeah. do attack her. They also haven't had a sewing challenge yet this season. And, yeah, they didn't go into the challenge for whatever reason. So basically it was entirely focused on them turning on Alyssa. Yeah, was, it's it's, preview, it's like yeah. it's a shot of, I, that I'm remembering now. It's like a shot of Fifi and Detox and Roxy and Roxy all being like well Alyssa changed flipped the script or whatever. So anyway. <laughs> I hate that because honestly who the fuck if if Alyssa had eliminated Katya. That would have been insane. That's incorrect. Yeah. That, that would have been incorrect insane. choice. Yeah. And I think I think she's totally in the right saying that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, 
They didn't look on the back line like they were all that shocked. I mean, uh, Ginger gives her exit line and they all crack up and it seems like they're all fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't want to deal. I don't want to deal with them coming for Alyssa about this. Well, like, it's drama, honey. It. All right, it's let's move happen. on. Let's move on to I don't think so, honey. This is Famous the centerpiece segment. of our podcast here at Lost Culture. It says, is, I don't think so, honey. We have 60 seconds to rail against something in culture. Wow. Bowen and I famously do not prepare for this. And end I up, have something prepared. You have something prepared? Yeah. Um, I'm actually gonna do a callback with mine. A callback. So, um, do you mind getting? Do you mind getting the timer? I'm gonna for get me? the timer ready. And uh, we've had um, some amazing. I don't think so, honeys. In the past, we've had a high bar. Do you? Are you prepared? Uh, I have not prepared something, but well, I will. But be you able know to. what? We'll that's what makes Nicole a great improviser. See her on the nightmare. And that's what makes this a great segment is that <laughs> people don't come prepared. Okay, yes. let's go. All right, here we go. Bone Yang. I don't think so, honey. And the 60 seconds begins now. I don't think so, honey. People who listen to this podcast and don't play it at 1.5 speed, mama. I don't think so, honey. If you expect to sit through this podcast and finish this episode listening to us at normal speed, I cannot stand the speed that normal humans talk at. And I would rather (laughs) die than listen to a podcast of recorded dialogue where it's not spoken at 1.5 speed. Guys, try this out. Just, just, Just hear me out. I don't think so, honey. Play any podcast, play any YouTube video. This has gone on to YouTube, YouTube videos for me. I, I refuse to watch a YouTube video without playing at 1.5 speed because I do not have enough time in my day to listen to someone speak at regular speed, mama. I don't think so, honey. Try this out. Listen to this podcast at 1.5 speed. We all sound so much better, so much smarter, so much wittier than we would if we uh, if we spoke at just one uh, one one time speed. Okay, try it out two times. Two, two times speed is too much. Um, one point five is just that perfect middle ground. I'm like Goldilocks, bitch. This is speed. I don't think so, honey. Listen to this podcast at one point five speed. <laughs> That's one. Minute. That's one minute. Oh, I ran out of steam there, but my I I drove. Now my point I'm ready. Home. Start my timer, bitch. Okay, here we go, Matt Rogers. I don't think so, honey. Time starts now. I don't think so, honey. The face of sensationalism, Bo and Yang. Here he comes <laughs> riding through. I don't think so, honey, on my podcast, too. Honestly, asserting that you should listen to it at an unnatural pace. This is insane. We listen to podcasts to connect. We listen to podcasts to hear a human voice. Not a human voice pitched up, honey. I don't think so, honey. Listen, I don't want to see you shake your head. I don't think so, you and this millennial culture, this comment culture, coming in here needing to rip apart what's natural. And you know that, I don't think so, honey, Bowen Yang. Bowen Yang, you're going to see him in 30 years. He's going to have a new face. He's going to be plastic surgery. We're going to go out to LA and Bowen Yang is going to prescribe. Bowen Yang is going to prescribe to it all. He's going to change himself. I don't need anyone to change my voice. My voice is high enough and fast enough. If I said something, you can tell. I said at the pace I wanted to say it, so I'm going to say slowly. I don't think so honey don't you dare listen to this any faster than it should have been and that's one minute matt wow. let's let's say something clarifying bitch oh yeah by all means be your own pr 1.5 times speed does not mean you pitch up this has <laughs> nothing to do with pitch mama don't get it twisted pitch perfect that's what <sighs> oh i think my god are. listen i'm so sorry you had to see that Nicole, mommy daddy uh, <laughs> please don't fight oh i'm the daddy i'm the dadu I'm the Mamu. All right, so <laughs> stupid. All right, Nicole. Okay, it's time. This is it's it's this is your legacy. Okay. This is they have to think about it like that. This yeah, season this of RuPaul has been all about legacy. This is Nicole's legacy. I don't think so, honey. Nicole Silverberg starts right now. 
I don't think so, honey. You so, you showed me the movie Joy on an airplane. No, the <laughs> fuck way. I don't think so, honey. An airplane is a fucking prison. I can't leave. There's a screen in front of me. I can't turn my eyes away. What, you want me to gouge my eyes out on a plane? Give me a spoon, honey. I'll try. <laughs> the movie Joy is a fucking phantasmagoria of indulgence by whoever the fuck fuck came up with the idea it has no plot it has no (laughs) talent i don't think so honey you want to tell me that jennifer lawrence is supposed to play more than one age and we're supposed to feel bad for her honey jennifer lawrence has the most terrible life in that fucking movie and you know how it ends she gets a more terrible life i don't fucking care about that mop why is that movie three hours long why is it filmed in three different styles it's i'm on an airplane bitch don't do this to me i don't think so honey i'd rather the plane go down with me and the president on it than me have to see one more frame of joy the film one more time an oscar nom i don't think so honey and that's one minute. minute. Let me tell you something. There is a problem in Hollywood, and it's Jennifer Lawrence playing all ages. Any age. I can't. She plays all ages. She plays your six-year-old niece. She plays your 80-year-old dying grandmother of Alzheimer's in let the me hospital. T- let me Russell, tell you. Who are you, who are you kidding? I don't even think that Ugh. David O. Russell came up with the story. It's like there was a script, and David O. Russell got in, and he was like, I love it. And then he was like, <laughs> I'm rewriting it. I'll tell you who it came with the story, Danny Mumolo. That's right, that's <gasps> right. But her script got totally rewritten. She is not responsible for what we saw. Yeah. But here's the thing. It is the worst movie I've ever seen. Danny Mumolo, <laughs> I remember Bad be- Moms. Before it came out, there was like, Oscar talk about Jennifer Lawrence and the biopic of a woman that came up with the miracle mop. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> I am not seeing that. Yes. And then I... I can't... She tried to watch it on the plane. Jennifer Lawrence wasn't terrible... It in it no she's but great she was fi- she was fine she did the best she could but god that movie is a fucking off it's a scourge scourge it's i mean look this is david o. russell is so hit or miss though i mean he's also like a bad he's person mess yeah and he's a ter- and the way he's talked to uh, to what's her name amy adams to, no not a- to amy Frances adams McDormand? oh lily tomlin no lily tomlin, tomlin that's who it was disgusting oh my god did he, did he call her the c word he called her the yeah. c word Ooh, and he got so into funny. a fist fight with, with George, George Clooney. Clooney. Yeah. yeah, I can't even deal with. I literally can't deal with anyone that says that word. David that masculinity, is the hero of Hollywood. Yeah, that masculinity. No, no. Honestly, uh. I could put someone on blast right now. Let's just say I'm close to someone that called our neighbor the c word, even if she was being difficult. And I was like, you can't do that. Ooh, you have to tell me after. Yes, we have a lot of names that we need to share <laughs> off the oh, air. I'm we've been, gonna, I'm gonna be we've been saying a mutual friend. Mutual friend. Yes, I, honey. I, I will spill all the tea, and literally, it's no tea. It's all. It's it's all. It's no shade. It's all tea. I wow. just butchered oh, that. Yeah. That's okay. It's okay. That's okay. It's okay. I'm sorry, Rue. The only name we did say today was Janie Stoller. God bless her. God, God bless her. I love her. I love her so love much. Janie. Yeah. This has been such an amazing episode, and can I tell you, this is a reveal. The first time I met Nicole Silverberg was we were in training for story pirates mm-hmm. and we were put in a story together for training it was about a, i played a bully yes and you played the bully's girlfriend i did play the bully's girlfriend and we hadn't spoken before that and nicole's character choice was to come out with like a speech impediment yes i remember and this everyone was like that i that's very cool they hired somebody with a speech impediment <laughs> because you did such a good speech impediment it was really and then good. later on we spoke and i was like she doesn't have a speech impediment at all she just is a genius <laughs> that's what that everybody just could good tell. oh that's what everybody could tell you it was speech had impediment realness yes. i i the bowie's uh, go oh yeah friend. i'm the bowie's girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna make a whirlwind a hurricane in the hallway yes. authentic i remember oh my god you remember the details 
I remember there was stink bombs in it. Oh yeah, what do you who played a um, a janitor? Yes, that was oh a great cotillion. And so Shears Amada was in that as well. Yes, yes. literally yes. insane, star-studded. But this is—it's just so funny. It's just, and literally, um, I, I I did saw, not know that people thought that I had a speech impediment that gives me great joy. No, literally, it was I, incredible. somebody was like, "That's crazy." So I guess Nicole really has a speech impediment, and I was like, "You know, I guess you know it's important. Star <laughs> hires uh, all types diversity, of kids can see themselves on stage. You know, diversity. Yes. We needed someone with like so can't pronounce their R's, <laughs> um, and then you you pronounce your R's wonderfully." Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, this um, has been Nicole Silverberg. Uh, thank you so much for being a guest. Check out the This is a dream. Thank you so much she for having me. She co-hosts with Anna Dresden and potentially someone new now. Yeah, Rachel Winitsky is going to be Rachel joining Rachel us. Rachel Winitsky will be taking over the podcast. Future guest of the show, Rachel Winitsky. Oh, yeah. We have to get Rachel on. Um, this is Last Culture Recess. Tune in next time. We're so excited. And watch RuPaul's fucking Drag Race. Please. Yes. We love you. Bye. Bye. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more podcasts, please visit foreverdogproductions.com. Dog. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this cookie crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. Start with a stunning template, use it as a springboard for your design, add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from the massive media library. It's easy to wow any audience with Canva presentations. Canva presentations are perfect for any deck you want to design for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can nail their presentation with Canva presentations. Perfect, record, and share a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. You'll appear in a video as a talking head on the slide, and it's the perfect solution if you can't be present in person or if time zones are tricky. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work.